I was raised up in Israel, and um, I grew up in a family with a mother and a father and one sister and one brother. And uh, my father was uh, violent toward my mother and also towards us children until I was 16. This was the age when I was strong enough to tell him that I will go even by walk to the police station and he cannot do it anymore. So you can understand my beginning was very painful. And uh, from very early age, I was uh, like very curious about uh, why is there violence between uh, people. And on the other hand, there are relationships where there is love and softness. And I was like longing for this softness and this compassion and I couldn't find it in my home. So it became like my journey. It became my journey first to find it in myself and then uh, really holding this question of what is love? What, what is the thing or more than one thing that allow people uh, from one hand to be violent like my father and uh, on the other hand uh, become soft, compassion, loving, caring. When I was very young, looking at this reality in my home and still cannot really change it, I was really young, I couldn't do really anything. Uh, I, the only thing I could do is fight him and tell him that he's, uh, he's not behaving well, but <coughs> the only result of that was to get more hits from him because I was like sassy, you know, and uh, it was difficult for him to accept this energy. The, the interesting thing I, uh, I saw is that the fight I'm seeing between my parents is not only in my parents' house. Uh, like I said, I was born and raised in Israel, and like I guess you all know, Israel is in a fighting position since it began to uh, exist. And uh, the war in Israel is out there. It's not something that happened 200 years ago, it's happening right now. And uh, I remember the first time I understood reading the newspaper and understanding that fight, fighting wars are everywhere. And understanding that the energy of war uh, in my parents' house or around the world is really the same energy. So this question of what will bring love between people for me comes from the most intimate place where I want people, where I want first myself to love my friends, to love my family, to love my partner, but also I want to, to have more love in the world. And uh, with this uh, very uh, good question of what is love, I grew up a uh, little, slowly, slowly, became more and more independent in my thinking. Uh, stopping the violence for me when I was 16, leaving my parents' house when I was 18, and uh, after many years of rebellion, also uh, becoming a friend of my father again, forgiving him and finding uh, compassion in my heart. First, uh, of course, letting myself to express all the anger. It took me many years, coming again, and being angry and coming again and being angry and after, I don't know, a few uh, dozen times I stopped that and I understood that if I'm holding an anger uh, uh, energy in front of him, I'm not doing the work. 
And today we are very good uh, friends, and he knows what I'm doing, and he appreciates it very much, and he's very sorry for everything that happened. So my story is uh, just my story, but for me it's an inspiration for a transformation, and for to understand that uh, relationship and creating love in relationship is uh, maybe the most important thing in life, or maybe one of the most important things in life, as, as you like. For me, it's the most important thing. Now, from that, coming to sexuality, well, I uh, learned psychology and social work and therapy, and, uh, and I think something like seven, eight years ago, I started uh, to see that uh, I have like patterns and blockage in my own intimate relationship with men. And of course, uh, those patterns were a reflection of my mother and being the daughter of my father. It was not a surprise for me as a researcher of psychology, but it was very painful because there is a, you can know something, but when you feel it, it can be really, it, it's tough. And looking in the mirror and understanding that I cannot really give my heart to a man. And uh, even though uh, my sexuality is uh, basically in a good position with myself, but when I come in front of a man, I'm shy, I cannot ask for my needs, um, I cannot have an orgasm with a partner, and a lot of other emotional blockage that I met. And I really had no intention of becoming a sex therapist and a couple therapist. My intention was, since I was a child, to be an emotional therapist, and this is what I became. But then reality just told me differently. And when I uh, started to have uh, uh, some results to my healing process uh, with my sexuality and with my ability uh, to be intimate with men, uh, everything opened up. Uh, like, it's like my consciousness opened up to a wider consciousness, which I call the ancient wisdom of conscious sexuality. It's not my wisdom. It's not personal. It's a... Uh, it's a wisdom that I feel is going through in uh, humanity for, I don't know, thousands of years. Uh, you can name them by tradition. You, could call, you can call them uh, Tantra or Taoism or anything else or Kabbalah. And you can just say that this is just uh, the, the wisdom of life. I feel I'm part of a lineage of uh, women that are holding... Uh, wisdom about uh, love and intimacy and sexuality. It comes very natural to me. I didn't learn it really in a place. I learned it through myself and then reading books of big uh, Tantra teacher and seeing that everything is written already in the book. And then I said, okay, so I'm with a good company. <coughs> of course, uh, I am learning all the time, but uh, the, the essence of the energy does not come from outside, it comes from my inner journey. When we put more focus on this energy, like by conscious breathing or by focusing on our genitals, we have more energy. And more energy is good for us. It's good so that we can be, we have more energy in life and it's good for us. Uh, to be more sensual. It's good in every level you can even think about, spiritual, physical, anything. The tools I'm working with and the ideas I'm bringing are uh, really um, trying to connect 
all our uh, parts of being. Of course, these three cycles are abstract and very basic. We have much more than three, these three cycles. But it's just to say that when I speak about sexuality, I speak about the sexual energy in the body, feeling it in the body as pleasure, as passion, as sensuality, as eroticism. Uh, feeling it in the mind, meaning like in the mental mind body, feeling it as a love, uh, feeling it as uh, thoughts that I have about it, emotions. And there is the spiritual layers that, energetic layers that are very, very wide. And uh, in my understanding, it's like we have the physical body, but we have around it endless circles that connects us to one another and connects us, of course, to the planet and to the universe. If we will learn more about conscious sexuality, what are the presents that we will uh, get in our life? So we will have more passion and more pleasure. And I think it's important to have passion and pleasure. And no, you know, not only passion and pleasure that is sexual, but also passion to work passion to write, passion to be creative, just passion to live, okay? And also, of course, passion to be with someone or more than one. Uh, it is enhancing joy and playfulness, this for sure. Uh, if, uh, if we put our intention, our focus on our genitals, working with it, moving it, if it's by dancing, if it's by touching, if it's by letting someone else touch me, this is what it does. It will bring more joy and playfulness, and we need these energies in our life. And what is great about sexuality, and I think all of you have this experience, when you are uh, in love, and it can be in love with yourself, it can be in love with a project, and it can be in love with a partner, you have more energy for everything else. I can make love, and then I go out and I just go to the supermarket and I'm more smiling and I'm more positive and I have more patience. So the, the, the sexual energy is really, in my eyes, a very sacred energy. If we treat it right and clean it from all the taboos and all the patterns, or at least some of them, we can just enjoy life much more. The third thing is empowering eroticism and sensuality. I think we don't have enough of that uh, in society. We just don't have enough of it. I would like us to walk uh, on the streets or, or just in the village uh, with more uh, sensuality in the body, you know, allowing ourselves to show this, to show these parts of us just because it's beautiful, not because I'm trying to get anything, just because it's nice. Uh, you know, when a flower is, is uh, flourishing, it does it because this is who he is. He doesn't do it so that you can smell it or look at it. And I think we are all flowers. Because of many reasons, we are low in our erotic energy. There is a lot of fear there. And my goal is to allow more of this energy become spread around. And another thing I will say just about sensuality, again, that it's not only about being sensual in sexual relationship. It's about being open to, to, to all our senses, you know, is to look at a tree and to really enjoy the color, is to look at a person and really enjoy his eyes or her eyes or her body, and not because I want something of it, but just because 
we are all so beautiful and the planet is wow and we can enjoy again much more so being sensual is much more than being sexual it's, it's part of being sexual um, deepening intimacy and loving communication yeah I think you can understand that intuitively that when we work with our sexual energy uh, and we open the passion the pleasure the playfulness uh, we are opening also the ability to be intimate and uh, to create love because this is exactly what I was discovering a few years ago in my own journey that um, in order for me to have pleasure with a man like uh, wide pleasure I have to learn first how to be intimate with myself and uh, understanding that sex is not about a penis and a vagina or whatever is your uh, attraction is about using all the body and using all our chakras or all our energetic centers in a meeting with a man and uh, at least for me it's more easy to do it in a partnership that is deep and uh, ongoing process but you can do it also in a one-night stand it will have some level of love loving communication so anyway I understood I cannot leave the energy only here I cannot expect my vagina to be totally open if I'm just attracted to the man and we drink some wine it's not enough I need to learn how to talk I need to learn how to uh, listen to his needs and share my needs I need to learn how to share my fears because even though I am I started my own uh, healing journey when I was 14 today I'm 41 25 26 year of working I still have patterns <laughs> I still have blockages uh, I have less than I had before but when I meet a man and when I am in a profound meeting uh, I can still meet some unconscious uh, uh, resistance it's not personal it's there so that I can heal through this loving communication and and then again this is the way sexuality and love for me are not separated it's one for me. now we go to the biggest question how do I understand conscious sexuality this model I created after a few years of working with uh, men and women and couples for almost I think something like six years this is my job I specialize with all these uh, topics surrounding uh, passion eroticism sensuality communication emotion communication and sexual communication and combining them and uh, while I started to work with people I saw that there are in this uh, area just like in any other area there are like basic tendencies basic frame. yeah basic frame and if I will uh, succeed to uh, make it verbal to really make it clear it will be very helpful and then I can share it more easily most of the human consciousness knows uh, especially the first layer of this uh, pyramid which is the mental sexuality what is the mental sexuality it's a sexuality it's a pleasure that comes from here that comes from the mind and uh, how can you uh, how can you know uh, where is your sexuality uh, stand for now you can just check inside yourself how do you masturbate and let's say 
do you masturbate? <laughs> if I would have uh, add another layer, there is a hidden layer here of disconnection, disconnecting from our sexuality. So having any kind of sexuality is part of the process, but sometimes, because of all the reasons I already said, the, the, it's uh, the religion and all religions and the separation between spirit and matter, and uh, it's the social taboos, uh, and of course the families, most of us grew in houses that sexuality was not a, a, a talkative topic, we didn't talk about it. So because of all of those reasons, some of us are disconnected from sexuality at all. Uh, so let's say uh, there is a hidden layer, and the first thing I would like for this kind of person is first to start any kind of connection with sexuality. But again, coming back to that, mental sexuality is about using pornography when we masturbate, or using any kind of images, any kind of images. It can be the most beautiful images, and still it is image. I want to make a point that there is nothing bad about mental sexuality, okay? There is nothing bad about any layer it's not about good or bad, it's about widening our uh, sexual potential and having uh, more variety uh, in our sexual pleasure and our sexual and loving communication. The mental sexuality is, let's say I'm masturbating now with pornography, so I'm touching my genitals on one hand, but on the other hand I'm looking at a picture or a movie, so there is... Uh, Let's say this is my genital and uh, uh, this is me, uh, this is my hand, okay? This is my hand, this is my genitals. Here, the pornography or the image. So it's, uh, it creates a, it's a, um, a non-direct connection to my pleasure. And uh, from my ex direct uh, experience, uh, it lowers the pleasure to like 10% of our pleasure. So when we discover the wild sexuality, the wild sexuality is the ability to enjoy all of our body and not only touching the genitals, enjoying all of our body, discovering all of our body as an erotic organ, you can say it like that, and finding out that we can have pleasure and uh, even orgasm without any image. And the wild sexuality, it sounds very basic, but from my statistic and talking with many, many, many colleagues and, and uh, clients, statistics said that most of us are in this stage because this is what we know, because this is what culture brings us. You know, uh, you can walk on the street uh, looking at uh, advertisement of, uh, of something in television and you have a lady with her tits outside without a reason, you know? just because sex sales. So our mind is uh, in the basic level is not very smart and it catches it and it becomes an inner stimulation to become sexual. So when we want to be sexual with ourselves, we use this mental sexuality. When we talk about the wild sexuality, it's a sexuality that is focused on the genitals even though it pleasures all the body, 
and the, the mental focus is on my pleasure. I'm using masturbation or being with a partner so that I can have my pleasure. And if you look at the higher level of the sensual sexuality, it's already enjoying the pleasure of me and the pleasure of the other person. Sometimes to see a woman orgasm or for me to go down on a man, it's pleasurable, okay? It's pleasurable when my heart is open and when I feel I am in a comfort zone and a respectful place. So this is the sensual sexuality and still, here and here, the focus is on the sexual pleasure. If you go to another level, loving and intimate sexuality, the focus is on the, the pleasure of the heart. I don't care really about my orgasm. I, he doesn't care uh, about his. We, we really care about the connection, the compassion, the communication. Uh, this kind of uh, intimacy and sexuality will take more time. We can start pleasuring one another and then stopping and hugging just to talk or just to gaze in, in our eyes. So it's a higher level of sexuality. And re again, remember not to be judgmental to the other layers because we need all of the layers to have our uh, sexuality open up. The higher level, as I understand it, is the spiritual sexuality. When uh, a couple or more or only me meets and the focus is not on the pleasure, is not on the emotional energy and love, but is on emerging with silence and meditation. So it's about being in a space with myself or with other people, touching, enjoying the pleasure of the body definitely, but not to, not to have any kind of result, but just like to give the, the level of meditation, the level of silence, take me to a journey. <coughs> and you can call it the higher level of Tantra also. But this is another topic. <laughs> so uh, this is the way I understand conscious sexuality. How can we reach this level of, uh, of uh, sexuality? So, if you see, I, um, Flip. I flipped, yeah, I flipped the pyramid just like that. It was like that, I, I flipped it like that. So, in my understanding, and this is also what I'm doing in my workshops, in order for a person to be connected to all the layers of sexuality, and usually people, when they come to me, they are asking to be connected mainly to the loving, uh, intimate sexuality and to the sensual sexuality. When I start to teach people how to bring the energy of sacredness and, uh, and, and intimacy with meditation to the level of touching, then this opened up the loving and intimate sexuality, the sensual sexuality, etc. So what I really see, like a vision or a picture, if I am with a partner and I can be silent with him, just like naked or half naked and just be with him relaxing in my body, slowly, slowly it will open up. Even to a point when we can decide that we want to take a fantasy and to go with it and play with it totally. 
But if it's on the other way around, if this is all we have, only the fantasies, I can tell you guaranteed that after few months of uh, trying to manifest fantasies, we are going to be bored and we will have no passion to one another. Because the sexuality using the mind to be connected. And we are human beings. We are not only mind. We are heart and we are body and we are many, many layers. It's not enough for us to take a fantasy and to put it out. And from this, from this side, when you do it like that, then you can really play. And one time you can do it like that, one time you can do it like that. It's really a, a, a playground. And this is the way I see sexuality as a playground. Can I ask a question? Uh, does your teacher has or had or have a partner? No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, um, you know, I think this is part of the problem uh, or the challenge that we have nowadays. Because um, many of the spiritual teachers uh, especially the big ones that comes from India and like are very with a big radiant uh, energy uh, usually and I, I know I'm making now a generalization okay so many of them doesn't live with partners they live in an ashram and I don't think someone like that at least for me can teach me something about sexuality my choice is to live in the Western world and to do have, I want matter and spirit to become one. I feel it as one. For me, God is now in the room. Now I see, I don't know, 20, 30 gods in this room. And the flowers outside are God. And everything is sacred. Okay? <laughs> Celibacy is outside of the pyramid. <laughs> I don't know anything about I did have periods. I did have periods in my life when I uh, when I chose not to have any contact with uh, sexual with men because I felt it was in the healing phase because I felt everything I do is uh, wrong. So I said, okay, I'm taking a vacation. I'm going to learn more about myself, getting to know more my feminine energy, my masculine energy, becoming more. Uh, understandable about what it is to be myself and to respect myself and then starting to go outside and creating a new reality so some sometimes celibacy is a good way while healing but anyway really about celibacy as a way of uh, religion or spiritual I don't know anything it's not my expertise first I would say that I love this I love all of it, but I love this wild sexuality. It's the phase where, it's the phase or the level of our being when we are connected, I am connected to my body, to my genitals, to my pleasure. I'm not ashamed about it, I have no guilt about it, and I have no problem to share with my partner what exactly does he have to do so that I will feel the pleasure. I am totally in surrendering, or I am totally surrendering to, to my pleasure, and I have no guilt about asking and receiving. 
It's about being able to connect to my pleasure and allowing myself to receive this kind of focus uh, of another person on my body and on my pleasure. The wild sexuality is really the level where we are connected to the animal we are. Because we are human beings and we are very, very high. We have very high levels of consciousness and we are all, all the time developing, but we are also animals. And in the level of the animal, I don't think so much, uh, will I see him again? Uh, is he good to my children? Does he uh, make uh, enough money? Uh, did he gaze my eyes enough? I don't care about that. <laughs> all I care is about my pleasure. And, I, and of course, if he's willing and it's all in a constant uh, frame, I'm going for that. So it's a very wild animalistic uh, energy. Just imagine a woman or a man that is not ashamed to tell to their partner, I like it when you look at me like that, I like it when you touch me like that, please do. It's like very direct. But again, I know for myself, and again, uh, being a therapist, so I learned a lot about many people, when we have this base of loving and intimate sexuality and communication, and we have the silence, it's more easy to bring that. Because I know even if I will look ridiculous, he will not be laughing at me. He will hug me. And even if I will not succeed to have an orgasm, he will not be angry about me. He will be compassionate and say, okay, another day, don't worry, everything is good, you know? So this is why I don't teach wild sexuality, because it's not enough. It doesn't stand alone. This is what I'm saying. Wild sexuality doesn't stand alone. It has brothers and sisters. The answer is definitely yes. Uh -huh. the, only, the only basic condition I need in order to teach that is that both partners want and that they don't feel disgust from one another. No, no, I'm serious, I'm serious. If there is disgust, then I have to do the healing journey to see if it's possible to transformate the disgust to acceptance. Not all the time it works. Not all the time it works. But if it's in the level of disgust, it's the most difficult work. If it's on the level that we only have the mental sexuality, we want to have the wild, we want to have the sensual, it's not a problem. If both of them wants to have a process and they want to stay together, uh, it's not really a magic. It's really the ancient wisdom of conscious sexuality. It's just tools that I know from working with my body, then seeing that it works with other people, then reading books and seeing that other teachers say the same. So it's a if we would have learned about sexuality the, the, the same way we learn uh, mathematics and other things, we will know much more. The reason that uh, we still feel, even in my generation, that when there is a workshop of sexuality, it's, wow, what a beautiful thing you are doing. I don't think it's special. I think it's just another topic to learn about. One of the beliefs my mother shared with me, she thought she's protecting me, but she was telling me that all the men are wolves. <laughs> now, she said that because she felt that. 
Now, when I grew up, started to have my own relationship, I didn't know that it affects me, mm. but then discovering it does. So until I understood it, laugh about it, cry about it, and then go inside, and when, when I do the emotional diving, it's like a very easy tool to go inside the subconscious, to touch emotional and sexual traumas, or to release beliefs and patterns. What is the most important is about allowing myself in this emotional diving to feel the pain. I see consciousness builds as layers, the conscious mind, unconscious mind, memories, fears, angers, emotions, pain, deep, deep, deep pain, silence, love. Now from there, I can really change my beliefs about men. Like, it's like we have a computer and we can program it to another kind of thinking. So when I w I'm doing this work for many years, today I have different thoughts about men. I really love them. When we talk about the wild sexuality and the mental sexuality, both of them are energies of the masculine. When I say masculine, it doesn't mean that all men have only this kind of sexuality, okay? Both of us, men and women, have them both. Maybe, maybe we don't have all the spectrum of it and we would like to wide it, wide it more. But uh, of course, men can like this energy of lovemaking, of the loving and intimate sexuality, of taking time and talking while making love and gazing and uh, stopping to make a coffee or drink or having some fruit or something, okay? So the feminine energy is uh, like a wave energy. It can make love, she can make or he can make love for hours, <laughs> okay? Because uh, orgasm is not important. Uh, we are not trying to reach anything. We just want to enjoy ourselves. And uh, this is what we do. So. Uh, it can be even only hugging when naked or something like that. And, this, and it can also be very arousing to hug when naked. So it's definitely a sexual energy, but a very dancing energy, okay? And the masculine energy, it's a very direct, goal-oriented, going from the arousal to the orgasm and ejaculation, then the energy falls. Most of us know this part of masculine sexual energy going from A to B. Yeah, we had good sex, 10 minutes, that's it. Okay, it's, it's very short, fast, goal-oriented. It's not bad. You can call it like a quickie. It's nice. For me, the best is combining them together. Because I think we need some time, the orgasm is good. But this is much more nourishing. This also, even if you are, I don't know, 70, 80, and maybe your body is not like a 20 years old uh, boy, you know? Um, you, you cannot hold your erection, maybe you don't have an erection, okay? But when you take this kind of feminine energy, you can always feel pleasure, sensuality. Alcohol and drugs, for me, is like games, okay? It's a game, you can play with it. Mm -hmm. But you have to know what you are doing, you are messing with your mind. 
So it, it can create the energy of the mental sexuality or the wild sexuality. But it will be very difficult to go up to, uh, let's say, sensual sexuality or loving sexuality under the influence of alcohol. Now, about drugs, it depends which kind of drugs. And I, I don't want to go there because there are many kinds. And there are herbal drugs, like uh, come from nature, and there are drugs that are chemical. Anyway, you can say without judging also drugs, that drugs are just like the mental sexuality. I have my body, this is me, this is my partner, and this is the alcohol or the drug. So it is something that doesn't allow the direct energy to meet. It's not a bad thing to take once in, sometimes, you know, to enjoy, to play. If, if we, if we uh, agree about all this life uh, as a playground, so we can play with everything. But if I am uh, uh, in dependent, if I am dependent on the alcohol or marijuana or any kind of drug, to, uh, to be open in sexuality, then I have a big problem. Yeah, and definitely my sexuality is mental. It's mental because I need something in order to connect to someone else, so I'm not really myself. Yeah. All of these are part of mental sexuality. If I need to tie you up so that I can feel pleasure, it's totally fine, but it's like ver it's narrowing the possibility of my heart opening to you, of my emotional communication opening to you. So fetish are there, I know that. But and not only they are there, most of the people around the world, this is all they know, mental sexuality. So it's okay, but we can have much more. It's like, you know, you can have pizza in your microwave every night, and it's okay. But you can have a gourmet meal, and from my understanding, the gourmet meal that comes with working with this kind of energy, it's much more nourishing to the body, to the mind, to the relationship, to our energetic field, and it creates a radiant, radiant from my body that affects everything, that can affect my parenthood, that can affect the way I'm looking at trees, uh, that, uh, the way I treat my clients. I'm, I'm becoming much more uh, loving and happy person. So like I said, fetish is fine, or everything is fine, but is that all you want from life? You don't have to answer that, yeah? But it's not all I want from life, I want more. I feel I have a big gift to give uh, to men and to people. Um, and it's not about a woman teaching men, it's about a teacher of love and conscious sexuality sharing knowledge and energy with my brothers. That's it. So I don't come like from here, I know more, come and learn from me. No, we are, we are partners. We are partners, we are brothers, we are lovers. We are everything. We meet in the subconscious in all levels. And I can say to you from the experience I have gained in the last uh, two years with men, it's a profound healing process. The potential of sexuality is endless. 
Okay, it's not, this pyramid is just a framework. It's not like the truth. Okay, it's just a framework so that we can open our mind. But uh, maybe you want to add some layers to this pyramid. There is endless potential to sexuality, endless. Just like cooking, just like parenting, just like communicating, just like meditating. It's endless. And I just want to put a seed in your heart and in your body to uh, want to discover more about that. I want to thank you really all uh, for having me and for being here. Thank you.